How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Taste the Mediterranean through March 19th at Whole Foods Market. Save on animal welfare certified bone and beef short ribs, sustainable wild caught sockeye salmon, and more. Find sales on Parmigiano-Reggiano, charcuterie and ground lamb. Grab an olive bowl bread from the bakery. Plus, wines from the Mediterranean start at just $8.99. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Good morning and welcome to this episode of the Under the Helmet podcast. One of the most undercovered and under- discussed aspects of football, especially semi-pro, is the mental health aspect. To discuss this thought and how it pertains to the sport itself, to the Thrashers, defensive lineman, Tyler Penny. Good good morning, Penny. What's going on? What's going on, Terry? Not much, not much. When you look at, let's just take playing semi-pro in a major city. Just, just take Atlanta. With so many teams out there, how do you how, how do you think people find a way to find a team that's the right fit? When finding a team that's the right fit is really you got to find semi-pro at first. That's that's the first thing you got to do, and that's most likely who you know. Somebody you know is playing, so you end up playing with them, and uh. It all depends on how you fit when you get there. Because, yeah, you might go out there and play with your friends, and then you realize that, dang, this ain't this this not the right spot for me to be at. So then you leave and find another place. That's the that's a good thing about a city having so many teams. You got choices. Now, explain to the folks who may not live anywhere near a large city, the Atlanta semi-pro scene as far as the – how many teams and just the general vibe between teams? The general vibe between teams. Okay, so it's Georgia versus everybody else. But between Georgia, oh, it's it's fight night up here. Everybody wants to be the best here because it's so many teams here. 
Now, looking at the in particular, one of the things that you see a lot on social media is the phrase that black men especially don't have anyone to run to as far as discussing the project. Do you find that still to be true or does semi-pro help to deal with this? Semi-pro definitely helps to deal with this because the game of football, you have to have all 11 people doing their job. There's not a game where you can have one good person and go win the championship. All 11 people have to be doing their job. So this is something that you have that you can depend on people. Now, one of the things that, you know, people forget is the the mental aspect of just handling the game where there are people who will come home from work or deal with rough situations and football is their saving grace. Have you seen yourself that football has kept a lot of people on the straight and narrow and kept them out of doing something foolish? Yes, most definitely. That's from high school up to now. Uh, high school through college up to now. Every time, every situation, every level of football I've been at, it's been at least one situation where the game has saved somebody because we know that we have to stay on this path to get to where we want to go. We know if we do this, we can stray away from that and you can't be deterred. One other thing also, like getting back to the, the thought that black men don't have anyone to anyone to discuss. Now, I don't know about down there, but where I was raised, we were raised to be robots, so to speak. Like, not so much feeling, just go and do, get it done. Not allowed to have a weak moment. Do you think parents still teach their children that? Oh, I feel like uh, definitely in my generation of parents, we're definitely more open to our, what our kids are feeling. We, we're, It's not so much of you just do what I say because I say it so. We're definitely open to what our kids feel and the fact that our kids have opinions. Now, I mean, for me, it's just, like I said, I grew up, it was just, you don't feel, you just do. I mean, you're not allowed to have a second of pain, just kind of close your eyes and get through it. And it's with having small children of my own. It's like, I realized I had to I had to break that cycle. Do you see a lot of the older influence still happening with the younger children as far as aunts, uncles, grandmothers, and grandfathers? Yes, I do see that happening, but I see that also causing a divide between the parents because the parents aren't teaching them or that such black and white way anymore. Where do you think it changed and where do you think this, the evolution will be as far as how parenting happens in our community? I feel like we're seeing a change right now. We're seeing a change because the you know, boys don't cry. And like you said, we have to be robots. Yeah, that we're, we're trying to move away from that because we know that, you know, everybody has emotions. Now, when you look at you, you also coach a middle school. When you see the newer crop of kids coming up in football, what's the biggest difference between the middle school kids now and from when you were in middle school? More of us wanted to play. 
That's the biggest difference. More of us wanted to play. More of us wanted to be with our friends at the school. What do you think has led to the decrease in participation numbers? The decrease in participation numbers at the middle school has came as a direct result as the high number of rec teams in Georgia. Now, explain to people who may not live in the South what a rec team is and how what power they wield in the area. Okay, so a rec team or it's sort of like AAU basketball. They're a team based out of a park, and you can invite, you know, players, whatever age group you coach, you can invite players from every area to come play on your team. So if you get all the best players from every area to come play, then you have the best team. Does the city run the rec teams or is it just privately funded? They're all, well, most of them are privately funded. Some parks have, you know, like Tucker Park, things like that. They have people who, you know, back them because they're tied to a high school. Tucker's a very big high school in Georgia, so they're tied to a high school. Their middle school, high school, and their partner league all run the same things. So that that's their feeder program, their rec league. Now, do you think that more high schools in Atlanta should follow suit, or would it be erasing the middle school aspect? Uh, I definitely feel like more schools should follow suit because they they have a good recipe. They this if the kids are learning the system that we're running in high school the whole time, you know they're playing rec league and playing middle school ball, and they end up coming to the high school. They've been running this since they was a kid. Now, in coaching at that level, do you still have the interrupting parents or has that also went by the boards and decreased? Uh, No, that parents are still there. Parents still want to know why their son's not playing as much as another kid. It's, it's That's always going to happen. What was the wildest incident that you've seen so far in your coaching tenure? Uh. My coaching tenure, the wildest incident I've seen was actually with a referee. Uh, a referee ended up trying to get in the face of my head coach. <laughs> and we was all just confused because we're like, you're the ref. And the game is over. Like, we won, but you're the ref. And he tried to get in the face of my head coach. So that was the wildest thing we've seen. Do you think that the the referees and well, the officials definitely – who officiate some of these games that need to be stricted tested for just making sure that they know the game and they know how to conduct themselves. Yes. Yes. Extensively. I feel like it's very important for them to know the game and for them to be able to differentiate which set of rules they're using. What do you think the biggest failing of the, the Georgia high school athletic association is? No instant replay. <laughs> I agree. The game was at Cedar Grove. Yes, sir. Cedar Grove versus Sandy Creek. No instant replay. The guy got stopped at the one-yard line. One. He, it wasn't even yeah, close to the him. one. Nah, yeah. He didn't even sniff the end zone. They didn't reach the ball over nothing, and they gave him a touchdown. The, the state championship was decided on that. Was that a 6A or 7A? That was a 3A. Oh, 
Okay, like yeah, a middle size school. Yeah, that was a good one. Now, looking back at the community as far as how the community, just being in Atlanta, treats semi-pro, the football fraternity, do you think that the football fraternity as far as semi-pro in Atlanta has gotten stronger or has gotten weaker as far as the amount of people who are willing to throw shade on somebody to recruit players? <laughs> okay, so they're gonna they're definitely gonna throw shade on another coach to recruit players. I mean the the brotherhood in semi pro is very strong. It, it is very strong. You you end up meeting a lot of people and talking to people who, you know, you never would, you know, normally meet or talk to. People who live in other states, you know, you talk to these people normally on the internet and things of that nature. Now, as far as the community, as far as how it's seen as far as semi-pro, just not just, do you think that the crab and Crap in a barrel mentality is higher in semi-pro than it is in everyday life, or is it the same? It's the same. It's the exact same. Uh, I always tell people that, you know, they always say that stuff is high school drama, and, and it's not. That's a normal adult everyday drama. People still do the same things no matter how old they get. Why do you think that people have such a hard time with seeing another one in the community thrive or succeed? Um, because they feel like they had the same chances as that person and they didn't capitalize on those chances and they see that person did and they see that they are thriving and they feel like, oh, I was in the same fourth grade class with this person. I, I should have been doing this too. Well, you should have been doing everything that they were doing. You should have been working as hard as they were working. What's the hardest lesson you've had to learn as far as football as a metaphor for life? Ooh, the hardest lesson I had to learn was I am not as good as I think I am. And your mm-hmm. talent only is going to take you so far. Do you think that there's a lot of folks in semi-pro who have yet to learn that fact? Yes, indeed. I see it all the time. Players always talk about they're the best this and they're the GOAT and all of that. Like, no, you're you're average. You're average. You look great in front of these guys because they're worse than you. Exactly. We're going to take a short break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about this and more. You are listening to the Under the Helmet podcast on the FBC radio network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are back with our podcast. Terrence Biggs, Tyler Penny from the Joker Thrashers. Penny, when you look at just how different Georgia is as far as they have Black-owned teams, they have Black-run teams, they have teams that are Black-centric, which happens a lot in the South, especially at this level. Do you think that that's the, that's the way it should be? Because I think that there are certain things that our community, you can't teach people outside of it, true? True. That's very true. Now, if you look in other areas of semi pro, if you go north, you go west, that doesn't really happen. You, you don't see too many of us in charge because of just the lack of numbers. Now, looking at Georgia itself, north or south Georgia, which has the better athletes? South Georgia. Okay. I agree. Now, when you look at the fact that the state has so many football prospects and so much talent, why do you think that certain teams, let's see, Georgia Tech, they struggle? Their Georgia Tech is going to take a minute for them to get – well, it's not even going to take a minute. It's going to take a couple more years for them to get on track. They had to get away from Paul Johnson's offense, and once that triple option stopped and they brought in the spread, they got to bring in the athletes to be able to run that. Now, getting back to the mental aspect, what was the hardest loss that you had to mentally recover from on the field? The hardest loss. Uh, This is before I came to the Georgia Thrashers. I played with the Atlanta Tigers. We lost to the Alabama Steel in the playoffs in the first round, and we had a 20-point lead. How good is this Thrasher's team, in your opinion? Is this the best Thrasher's team on paper you've seen? Yes. Now, with the Cobras going to another league, realistically, is anybody going to stand in the way of the Thrashers at this point? The only people that's in the way of the Thrashers are the same people who've been in the way of the Thrashers, and that's us. Where does this team, how does it differ as far as not just talent, but just a general feeling around the team? How does this, how does this feeling differ from years past? We realize that we need to finish. We realize it's time for us to ascend. Now, you have a strong coach on defense. You have a strong coach. You have a strong coach all over the team. What is the one lesson that Coach Thomas has taught you as far as not just approaching the game itself, but approaching life? <laughs> Uh man. <laughs> See, me and Bear really close, definitely because like you said, in life it's it's always there's always tomorrow. Today might be it might not be, you know, 
too good today. But, you know, you you control how you feel. You know, you control what you're thinking. If you feel like you want to be in a bad space, then you're going to be in a bad space. And, you know, that's easier said than done. But, you know, you really have to work at it to pull yourself out of that space that you're in. Who's the one guy on the team that kind of lightens the mood and kind of keeps things loose? <laughs> Cam Ray. Cameron Ray, he gonna, yeah, he gonna, he gonna something. Like it don't matter how serious the situation is, what we doing, yeah, he gonna, he gonna try to crack a joke. He gonna say something funny. Now, for the last couple of years, we've had an ongoing discussion about who to win in a a one on one basketball game up to fifteen. Debo or Will Howard? Who wins and why? I'm taking Debo. <laughs> Will's fast though. Debo yeah, strong. Will, Will is fat, yeah. See, and that's the thing. Debo got Debo got that old man speed. He might not look too fast, but he faster than you think. Do Do you think it'll be close, or do you think it'll be a blowout? Oh no, nah, it'll be it'll be like fifteen eleven. If you were starting a baseball team with three guys on your team. Who would it be? Three thrashers. Who do you think could possibly pick the game up and be good at it? Uh, Sammy Johnson, Rook Favors, and probably probably Will Howard. Is is Rook pound for pound the best athlete you've seen at this level? Easily, easily. What yeah, that's makes one him, player. My bad. <laughs> what what makes him so good as far as He's what a buck ninety barely. He's fearless. He that's the thing. He he's fearless. He he don't care that you're bigger than him or you know you you gonna come down and try to hit him. Yeah, he he's fearless. He 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 don't care about none of that. Now let me ask you a question: As a defensive lineman, are pass rushers taught or are they born? Both. Both. You have some natural pass rushers who just have a natural talent for getting to the passer. Uh, we have one, uh, CJ. Mm-hmm. He's uh, number 22 on our team. Yeah, he's a natural pass rusher. When you look at just Georgia football right now, and do you think there should be more attention? place toward hiring black coaches, especially in the Atlanta area, where you have a large black population, but the coaching ranks don't represent that. Yes, definitely. Uh, th- these players want to feel represented. They want to feel like somebody who knows exactly what they've been through is in charge of them. Now, you're from Florida, but you live in Georgia. Who has better food, Florida or Georgia? <laughs> uh florida has better seafood for sure because yes. i I, uh, I love the water so florida has it they got me because they got the better seafood who's the one player in the western conference in the apdfl that you want to see up close and play against uh it'll have to be justin robinson again out there with the dynasty now 
I agree. Yeah. Now nah, owe him. Yeah, we 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 owe them from when he was with the Blackhawks. Does that that game still weigh on your minds? The the game that was coached in the third quarter. Uh, it may not weigh on everybody else's mind, but it weighs on mine. I I still remember driving home in the in soaking wet, driving home after they called the game. And it was so funny because they called the game after it struck lightning. When we got the ball, it, it, it the lightning had already hit when they had the ball. But Jeez. you know that game's even here nor there. <laughs> yes, that, that's a rough one. Now let me ask you this: <laughs> Say if the Thrashers go on, finish the job, win the championship, what percentage of the team do you think will hang it up? Uh. Probably about about twenty percent of the team. We got a bunch of veteran guys who are here to, you know, they they want to help Cam Adams win a championship. Now, Cam played quarterback and receiver when he played. Could he still give you a couple snaps in in the <laughs> slot? <laughs> yeah, he can. He can get out there as a decoy. He can get out there. He can still run a pattern, though, right? Yeah, he can run a little, you know, a little arrow route to the to the flex. I was thinking to go or like a double move. <laughs> oh nah. One time. Hey, double move is over with. Yeah. See, what is the one thing about his uh approach to coaching that makes him different than any other coach at this level? His unfiltered honesty. He's going to tell you exactly what he's thinking. He's not going to sugarcoat it. He's not going to pat you on the butt and tell you you did a good job when you know you did a bad one. He's Yeah, he's not going to do that. Just because you know you're his favorite player, he's still going to tell you when you're messing up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's real good coaching right there. Now, you've been around semi-pro for a minute. What is the greatest franchise in Georgia semi-pro history? Georgia semi-pro history. See, oh, the, one, uh, the ones you've seen, the Horsemen, the Metro Atlanta Horsemen. They they're the one. Ty Barnes put together a program for a very long time. That that was the one that I've seen with my eyes. That was the one. The Metro Atlanta Horsemen. What made them so dominant? Ty Barnes' consistency. Uh, players come in and Ty has a system, so you you buy into the system or you get gone. It's not, you know, you're going to come in here and do what you want to do. It's, it's we're running this. We're acting like this. We're proceeding in this way. You come in and get into the system or not. Ty, Ty's consistency is what made them so great for so long. Do you see once the Thrashers, if they do win the, the, this championship, being able to stack championships and be able to challenge them, the horsemen of this. I see the Thrashers being able to win championships. And yes, people will definitely talk about the Thrashers as being one of the best teams in Georgia semi-pro history. Who's the one dude on the Thrashers that People don't know about, but is a solid contributor constantly that may not make the the stat sheet. 
uh, defensive tackle Michael Bardet and Quan Carter. Great. Bardet is yeah. – he just destroys the middle and just – Those just, guys I mean, eat up blocks. Eat up Constantly. Blocks. Constantly. Now, not being from Florida and living in Georgia, I'm guessing you're not a Falcons fan, but since you're in Atlanta, fix the Falcons. How would you fix them? Uh, definitely would have started Desmond Ritter. Marcus Mariota, he turns the ball over too much, so we at least need to see what we have with the rookie. Uh, we're going to run the ball more. Constantly, the Falcons need are getting good games with the runs and then try to throw the ball. If if we're working with the, they have three running backs. If we're if it's working while we're running, we're going to keep running the ball. Now, who do you root for? <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Uh, I'm a Broncos guy. Oh, that's right. Now, I would say <laughs> I would say you fix them, but you have a seven-year, two hundred million dollar issue. But outside of that, million dollar. can the Broncos fix? the pieces around Russell Wilson enough to make him serviceable at this point. Uh, we need a better running game. That's, that's, that's very apparent. We need a better running game because we're putting everything on Russell and that's not how it's going to go. Do you think where Russell is, it's not physical now, it's just mental at this point? Yes, most definitely. He, this is, exactly what Richard Sherman said it would be because Richard Sherman already said before in the interview that it, it was never rust. It was always the defense. He ain't wrong. I mean, I was surprised that the Broncos traded Bradley Chubb, but I, I get it though. Yeah, I understand. But that's a lot. That's a lot to give up. I mean, I mean, and y'all have to get rid of uh, Garrett Bowles. He's terrible. Yes, he is. That's a, another important piece. He's been there for too long being horrible. And got extended. Man. Like, he might be the worst offensive tackle in the NFL. Because if he's not holding, he's whiffing on blocks. Now, with the college football playoff, is there any chance that Georgia loses at all? Yes, there is a chance, but it's it's like one percent. <laughs> it's like one percent. If Ohio State can come out and throw the ball, they can beat them. They can beat Georgia. If Ohio State can come out and throw the ball, they can beat them because Georgia's DBs are very suspect. They give up a lot of big plays, but that front seven, if that no front seven get on you, it's over with. I was thinking the the only way for Ohio State to win against Georgia is a shootout. Oh, they get into it. See, I don't, I don't see Georgia's defense giving a shootout to anybody. Yeah, that defense. Even if you do, you know, find a way to move the ball in the first half, Kirby Smart is great at making second half adjustments. That defense is going to come out on fire, and you're not going to get a shootout out of them. That's when they got to do something with special teams, like to take it that way, like go special teams and get where they got to win one everything. Aspect. Like it might be a fake punt. It might be go for it. It might be – this is the game that Ohio State has to 
play desperate because they can't they can't match up with Georgia. Georgia's too big, too strong, too fast. And they don't have answers for the question that Georgia brings to them. Now in the NFL, last question. Who wins the Super Bowl? Uh, right now is looking like the Eagles, but I got to go with the Vikings, man. My best friend, defensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Thompson. I'm hey, riding with my boy today. Yes, sir. I'm riding with my boy today. Till is no more to the end. Yeah, he was with the Jets first, right? No, Giants. He was with the Giants. Giants, and then the Vikings. Yeah, he. He definitely fun. I'd I'd go if it's not the Eagles. The 49ers. I don't know what it is. There's something about that offense. It's something about that defense. They have a number one ranked offense and a number one ranked defense as far as running the ball, as far as being able to stop the pass. Yeah, their defense is great. Uh, Nick Bosa. I mean, they just got to – honestly, if they if they put up 22 points, the game's over. Yeah, it's over. Because if definitely if you feel like you just got to pass, pass, pass to, to catch them, it's over with. Yeah. They're going to let the pass rushers go and – yeah. Tyler Penny from the Georgia Thrashers. Thank you so much for joining us on the Under the Helmet podcast. Uh, thank you for having me.